We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. about, about, about. Well, divorce is in the air. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't want to laugh because it's sad and it's not funny, but I couldn't help it. Why was it something I said or the way I said it? You're just it's, disrespectful. It's facts. It is in the air. There's a lot of people divorcing. It's Jesse Williams, Tanya um, and Ti. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that as we discuss uh, talking about people that's divorcing, that was like not. I guess as we we talked about it before, but Mary you know, Jane can do. Nobody seemed to have sympathy or empathy for Tanya and Ti. It's just like, oh, okay, yeah, they're divorcing. I'm like, all right. <laughs> And and I don't think nobody ever thought it was real. I just feel like oh, that sounds so disrespectful. They have children. I'm sorry. They are real, but it's just I don't know. It's just I'll leave it. It's just like they're not a traditional couple. It, it seemed like it should have happened a while ago, though, right? It seemed like it should have never started. But I think in, at some point, well, I don't really know. I'm not a proponent of divorce. You know, I feel bad for these people, but it seems like it's really in the air. Lala and Carmelo. I mean, I feel that like that one hit me hard. That did. Yeah, did I didn't feel like there was a relationship goal. Not that I don't really have relationship goals, but I just felt like they. So what I love to see, I love to see two people that are both, you know, chasing their dreams. They have careers and they try to work on maintaining a, a relationship and a marriage. And in their sense, they both, you know, they, they're both their parents. They have a son. They both seem to prioritize their kid. They seem to prioritize their family. Lala would do a lot of talking about, you know, managing their family. Carmelo and they would often, you know, acknowledge his wife, his, his son, his family. You saw pictures of them. I just, I thought like they were one of the, the couples that I wanted to make. I wanted to make it. They've been dating for 13 years. So I remember when they were just dating and like. You remember when he used to wear them super big suits? Yeah. They were ugly, them Steve Harvey suits. I didn't remember it like. I didn't remember until people start circulating the pictures and I was like, whoa. But I remember them dating back then though. I remember when Lala was like, you know, a VJ personality still and they were dating and it wasn't something that she liked to talk about them dating and she didn't even want to like discuss the marriages they were engaged for a while but she didn't really want to talk about it and i think it was because she didn't want to marry him because he was a basketball player um and so they've been together from my recollection for a long time so i just you know i I wanted them to make it yeah and it's sad that you know what happened happened is suspectedly he got some girl pregnant you know i'm stop i'm gonna stop believing all that because at first they said it was a stripper and then it went from a stripper to being, they said, the nanny. Then I saw that it wasn't the nanny. It was somebody else. I'm just going to stop believing the blogs. That's why I'm not believing that Jesse Williams is actually getting a divorce. Um, they TMZ showed a video of him walking you through the airport. A conspiracy theory? No, not a conspiracy theory. But I just think that 
It ain't true. I'm hoping it ain't. He hasn't said it, so I'm gonna wait until he says it. Now the internet was like he better not leave his wife with his white girl. Well, that's that's what people said. Ricky Smiley then reported this morning that he's dating one of his co-hosts from uh, Grey's Anatomy. Well, they said him and his wife have been like split up for a while, so I don't know. I also saw a report that it was they were arguing over being in uh, L.A. living in L.A., which yeah, seems a little weird, like. I mean, y'all married. Like, does it really matter where you live at? I don't know. I I thought that she was denied spousal support. I was like, dang. Isn't she like a physician, though? She's a real estate developer, I think. Oh, shoot. I don't even know what this lady did. Let me stop lying. Stop putting lies out there. Yeah, I don't know. But I just feel bad. I feel like hopefully love can circulate. I mean, I'm talking about circulate. Love can counteract this divorce and maybe they will see some reconciliation well gabrielle stayed with that De- uh Dwayne after he cheated <laughs> okay <laughs> well my uh relationship goals if you will if i had to choose one is to me and grant hill and they still going strong so the world yeah. is good um, some people like will and jada other likes jay-z and beyonce I'm more of a Tamiya and Grant Hill type dude. I love their love. Yeah, because I feel like it is, it seems very genuine. And the fact that it is very, it's simple. You know, when they post about each other, it's it's simple stuff. It's not over the top. It's not every post. And it's just like, we're just showing us having a good, we're posting us having a good time with each other. It's not about like, let me just tell you, oh my gosh. This person is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Like we we got moments like that, but it's just about you know we just we just out here living and we're doing it together. And I think it's cool that they can acknowledge the fact that they have children, and so they're lame, but they still love each other even in their lameness as being parents. I think it's dope. That's cool. I love them. Shout out to Grant Hill and Tamia for Black Love, exuding that, demonstrating it. Come on, Black Love. Yes. So our president came back. And gave a speech at Sh- University of Chicago, was it? Yes. My president is back. My president is back. And I was extremely, extremely excited. I was kind of mad. So I was uh, listening to it and trying to work. And then I had to like fully focus on work because I had something going on. But I was really, honestly, you know, I was just in awe. Like, people keep asking me if I like the interview. I'm not the interview, but if I like, you know, the talking, he basically was just talking to people, uh, young people from the Chicago area and talking about getting engaged and, um, you know, being involved in, in public service and ways to get started. And he shared in the beginning, in the opening, you know, his story and his journey and how he really didn't know what he was doing and how to start, but how he just kind of got into it and, and made it happen. And yeah, for me, I was I was very, very satisfied and happy with it i think i was just excited to see president obama again in, in a public stage i'm glad to know that he's back in the states um because <laughs> i feel like whatever happens whatever we go through that he is experiencing it with us so although i know that you know he's diplomatic and he's not going to say something he wants to make sure that our current president is able to carry out his presidency um, without having, you know, his predecessor cr- like 
critique him for everything that he's doing but just i feel kind of safe i feel like if something crazy happened like you know we got somebody that's gonna get in there and 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 and, and make some shake some stuff up so that we don't all go under yeah it's like i loved how he said so what's been happening since i've been gone right oh <laughs> oh a lot we got a laundry list bro <laughs> bombs flying everywhere <laughs> It's, it's it's a lot going on, bro. Walls yeah. still ain't getting built. Well, walls trying to get finance to be built. Uh, hopefully, we can get a good budget to be passed before uh, midnight tomorrow. But that's we'll a whole see. other thing. Yeah, we'll see. Well, speaking uh, of things happening in divorce, uh, Shea Moisture pissed a lot a of people off. From black um, women. And oh, it's, exactly, <laughs> a divorce for black women, and it was a full out. Um, People were going in. Did you watch the commercial? So I still haven't watched that commercial. Okay. That's so crazy. But I feel like I know what happened because several people have given me a play by play. You should watch it. You should watch it and tell me what you think. So I had a friend that actually gave me a, a position to me that kind of changed. I still didn't like it, but it changed for me. Um, how like I was like, dang, that's really messed up. I was just like, huh. I mean, I guess I get it now. Um, so, but I, I don't want to tell you it without you watching. I want you to watch it to you know kind of get a feel for what you think. I mean, I feel like I got a play by play. It was the white girl saying that you know she has hair struggles too, and blah blah blah. And sharing moisture was so great. Um, and it's just a lot of different. Uh, it's not centered around african-american women yeah well for i think for the most part the biggest that was kind of the biggest thing and not necessarily that it's not centered around but honestly it went from being shape moisture is its target audience has been black women the people that has made it who it is um in terms of uh, you know hair hairstyle bloggers on on youtube and people that are talking about natural hair and things like that those are the it's that black female community that is uh has has pushed the products and the brand to be what it is so i think to see how directly that shea moisture has marketed over the years to you know black women and then having a commercial that you know there's one woman in there that is black um she's a she's a brighter skinned woman but she's she's black I, i'm assuming she's black but she's a black woman and then there's i think there were like three other white women in there and it kind of just didn't seem well obviously you know if you just count the numbers it wasn't a balance it wasn't a, a, a clear balance and it just seemed to be less focused on natural black natural hair which is you know what made has made it what it is and i think that's what you just had a lot of people cause a lot of people to to be frustrated and annoyed with it on the one hand i've you know you start to think about as in terms of a business what does the business have to do to grow and to expand i was initially annoyed because i feel like what happens what we see happen all the time with companies um and we see this happen in entertainment too with artists people come out with things and they focus so much on just being the black community and kind of getting i feel like the black community we give people a stamp of approval of like coolness and you know being down or whatever and it seemed like it felt like when I watched it, this is the start of that transition of 
we got what we needed from y'all. We feel like we've probably plateaued in terms of getting the black dollar, if you will. So like, let's go chase this, this white money and let's make all of our marketing focused on that. Now, I did later found out too that apparently that was one of a series of commercials. And so there were other commercials that were said, and I didn't see any of those, but those other commercials were said to be, have a lot more black people in them. Um, so again, I did kind of feel like when I made my comments about it, um, I made some comments on social media and I felt like those were probably ill-informed a bit premature because I hadn't seen the other commercials. And I also hadn't thought about like how sometimes, and it's something that my friend said, sometimes when you're trying to target a white audience as a business owner, a lot of people that, that purchase things, if, if, uh, If it's not directly, if they don't feel like, oh, this is directly for me, it's kind of like screaming, hey, this is for you. You should get it, especially when it is known as a black brand. Maybe, you know, white consumers won't feel like, is this for me? Can I really do this? So maybe they had to create the they had to create that commercial and that advertisement with a direct message to, hey, we also are available for you. So it wasn't an attempt to try to oust black people, especially if they had other or black women, especially if they had other commercials that catered to in their traditional way to black women. But this one was more of a, a specific intent to also try to incorporate and to reach, you know, the white audience. And I feel, you know, I feel like I could say there needs to be, this still could be balanced, but then I also feel like I consider and I understand the argument of, well, would the white consumer really buy into something if they don't feel like it is definitely for them? Like, without a shadow of a doubt, if it's like, oh, well, there's a couple of white people sprinkling that, like, ah, you know, I don't really know if it's us for us. And then we had a the conversation about, like, well, you know, as black people, as black consumers, we oftentimes have to consume things that don't include us all the time. And it's like, well, yeah, that's our normal. Um, and that's what we're kind of used to, which I guess also is a catch 22, because that's the reason why, why a lot of people were um, there was a lot of backlash because we're used to being focused on and kind of catered to and marketed to directly. And to see it shift from that, it's kind of, you know, it was a little like, wait, what? Oh, OK, nah, it's unfortunate. I'm like, no, no, Shay. Yeah, I saw messing with Shay a while ago, though. So so they make this, they have this African black soap lotion, and it's mm-hmm. great. And I posted this on social media, and I'm going to say this on the show, and I'm actually going to continue to say this. So this lotion is really dope, feels good, it smells good, and it's thick. And I have extremely dry skin, so I need thick lotion. But it's in this uber cheap bottle, like... The bottle is super, super cheap. And because the lotion is so thick, once you get that first like 10 to 15 percent of it out of the bottle, it is, you know, hell and high water trying to get the rest of it out of the bottle. You literally sitting there banging the bottle on your hand for forever. You squeezing the bottle until it cracks on the side, trying to get the lotion out. You still don't get it out. I mean, the last time I brought it, I actually had to take some scissors and cut the bottle in half and then scoop the rest of it out and put it in another container just so I can use it. And I've written an email to Shea Moisture saying, hey, I looked online and I saw that other people have complained 
and suggested that they change the bottle and still nothing's been done. So I was like, you know what? This company is very aware of social media and the internet and the fact that you guys aren't paying attention. And I know somebody's testing this product. Nobody ain't told y'all that it's hard to get all this lotion out of this bottle. I'm not buying this no more. So yeah, I've been done. <laughs> I've been good. I'm good. Don't worry. Well, about all right. Get some better bottles. Yeah, you and got y'all to retain customers. You could, I, if they put it in a better bottle, I'd be the first one in line to buy this lotion. I really enjoy this lotion, and I'm not even like a, you know, knowledgeable skincare type guy. Like I don't really know. I'm very basic. Like put it on, it works. For the longest time, I didn't like take care of my ashy skin, so my eczema got worse. But like. Once I, you know, got some tips, people told me some things that I can do. I was like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm all for this, but I, I had to find some stuff. I'm, I'm not a fan of fighting to get what I pay for. Like if I spend my money, this should be like a good experience. It should be a pleasurable experience. I shouldn't be fighting to use your product after I've paid you for it. Like I ain't, I ain't got time for that. Yeah. So y'all tell us what y'all think about um, Moses and o- OJ today. What you think about divorce that's in the air? If you you might want to cover your face if you're married, don't want to get don't want you to get that. Um, Running high, duck, wear a mask. <laughs> Obama's public speech and Shea Moisture. Are you are you okay with the commercial? Are you not okay? Let us know. Hashtag Chat PC, and we'll be back with our main dish. <laughs> Well, we're back with our main dish, and today we're talking about one of my favorite shows that's on TV, Greenleaf. Greenleaf. And this is a show that I've, I got, was I the one who got you on Greenleaf? You did actually get me on Greenleaf. You kept asking me if I watched it, and I was like, no, I don't want to watch no show about church drama. I've seen enough church drama in my life. I don't need to see any more. And then I sat down and I watched maybe like I told myself I was going to force myself to watch two episodes. Two episodes turned into me binge watching it. And I think getting caught up with like the whole season. See, I I really love this show because I feel like it's not your standard church drama show. Yes. So and I feel like it's I'm talking about Willie. Oh, what is that? (laughs) Very well acted. Oh my gosh! I'm really having this trouble with words. That's, that's, that's all right. Really, <laughs> well <laughs> acted. <laughs> that's really, and I love it. Now this is gonna sound really bad. I don't even know the proper word. I feel like the show is pretty. Like it's good cinematography. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like the Tyler Perry shows that I feel like he got money to produce, but it really be faded looking. He kind of gives it that old feel. It's almost, it's like that soap opera feel, like the back in the day soap opera feel. It's like the throwback soap opera because these yeah. soap operas today is clear. Like I'm like <laughs> they in HD, right? Yeah, I'm like, why are we still doing this? We got HD it's soaps. So I just was like, how do y'all watch this? My grandma loves Tyler Perry. What's the, what's the show? The the soap opera that come on at night that he I got? Don't, I don't watch any of them. I don't really know. Yeah, um, well, it's faded. That's why I couldn't watch it. I was like, this faded. This like a, a ultimate filter. I don't want it. So I can't watch it. So compared to that, this show is is pretty to me. 
That's it's just an HD. It's pretty. <laughs> it's a, that's how one of my friends great, described it. it great is, word choice. This that's how one pretty. of my friends described it. And it I was like, that sound weird. But then I just adopted it. I don't know why. But anyway, I love the show. And it has so many different dynamics. It has so many subtle cues. It really is like layers to personalities and people. Except Lady May. I feel like she's evil through and through. But <laughs> Lady May reminds me of somebody I know. Um, but yeah, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, so the show is... I guess I should give an overview of the show. It's about a mega church family, the Greenleaf family. Um, and I think that's even interesting because Greenleaf money, all of that. Right. Uh, just the subtle hints in there. The intro gives you an indicator of what it's going to be in the sense if you pay attention to the Im- imagery in the introduction. And we kind of talked about that, too. Right. Um, and so there is a... the. The the first show is a funeral for their daughter Faith. Faith is uh, has committed suicide because her uncle has been molesting her, Uncle Mac. But nobody said anything about it. Nobody knew, and he's been molesting girls. So Grace left because she couldn't take the hypocrisy of the church life, and she's come back to mourn her sister, but ends up staying. And there's all this family drama. The son. Jacob was supposed to be the next heir to the church throne, but he sucked at preaching. He put people to sleep. But Grace is an amazing preacher, which I don't know. I still haven't heard the sermon to judge for myself. I just don't. Yeah, that's the one. If if I could say that there's anything that's weak on it is the preaching parts. I don't ever feel like they say anything that's All of substance. And I feel like everybody suck. Daddy suck. Grace Greenlee suck. Jacob Even suck. Even the guest preachers suck. The guest the preachers the suck. Sister, sister. I was surprised <laughs> to see him. I was yeah. like, sister, sister, daddy. He was horrible. The revival was terrible. <laughs> it was not. Somebody tweeted talking about who got revived from that. And they kept talking about <laughs> dad just changed it and that brought the church. I said, who came back? I Even just, the music kind of sucked. The music does suck. And I, but I'm glad that they always introduce that at the end. Like, it's always like you get towards the end of the message or, you know, they'll give you like a preview, a piece of it. And then they'll click to something else. And I'm glad because I'm like, none of this is of substance. Like, what you know, what's interesting about the show, usually black shows like this. Sometimes the acting sucks, but the music is good. So I rather have... Like you said, it comes at the end. I'd rather have good acting and the music suck. I wish we could get some cohesiveness. I would like both, but I would prefer the acting. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what, I mean, it's a show. You're watching the show, so it carries it. So it makes sense. Um, And then there's so many other storylines. So Charity is the youngest daughter. She's married and she thinks she has the perfect marriage. She wants to teach people how to be married. Uh, And then come to find out her husband is struggling with his sexuality he's attracted to men but he he doesn't want to be identified as gay he's joined a support group um a kind of behavior modification program and she's like since she's learned this she can't really accept him and he's trying to make it work and she's like nah i'm done so now they're going through a divorce um and now she seems to have her eye on this new bay um grace is continually trying to get back at uncle mac 
Jacob is trying to prove that he's a man to his daddy and partner with another preacher that's the arch nemesis of his of his uh, dad and just I feel like it's so much I don't know if I can even now that I'm talking through it it's like dang it's a lot going on in the show it is a whole lot going on in the show it's like 10 storylines going on at once but I don't feel overwhelmed like when I watch a Tyler Perry movie I feel like it's cohesive yeah it's cohesive because it's that family dynamic right and I think that the show does a really good job of reminding you of the relationships that the people have and seeing how people can two people in the family that uh jacob and bishop can be going at each other but you know jacob will find comfort in his conversation with grace or or his lady may still paying for his hot water heater yeah (laughs) and i feel like based on those family dynamics though that's what makes it you you we we can all relate to that right these are stories that may seem foreign to many of us um, but it's very relatable in a sense that you know what you're going through and on on top of, you know, what your parents are going through or your brothers are going through or your cousins are going through. You know what I'm saying? And so you can, mm-hmm. we all kind of view it through that similar family dynamic. Like I have other family members that I'm going through my stuff. They're also going through their stuff, but we're still trying to get along and trying to make it. And I think that's what, you know, makes it relatable. And then on top of that, if you're a person that was raised in a church or raised around a church or have even gone to church, you also can identify with some of the themes that they talk about. Um, I think for me, the thing that I really like about the show is that there are a lot of subtle things that the show is kind of making you, it's kind of posing a question um without directly saying it i feel like a lot of times which is the reason i was very uninterested initially watching watching this show is a lot of times i feel like we when we get shows that are about you know church or christian culture or you know church life or church members or whatever there's always you know somebody that is stealing money There's always a preacher that's corrupt that got a baby mama on the side. You know, there's always like a gay person that's like, you know, gay, but I don't I hate being gay. But and I love the Lord, but I'm really secretly gay. Like it's all these stereotypical characters. And it seems like the storylines that are about that, that they are about that. But this show approaches some of the same, you know, concepts but does that in such a way that you see the humanity in the character. You can see the good side of them and you can see the bad side of them. You can see, you know, them trying to be a normal person, quote unquote. But also you can see kind of like the conflict that they have and and whatever their struggle is and whatever their conflict is within the show you see that come out and you see it play out in such an authentic way so one of the things that um well two of the things that are very subtle that i think that the show does a good job at just kind of making you think about without directly saying it is you start thinking about church size right so you think this is a mega church this church is huge they have all of these members and you think about they're them kind of they're like rise and their growth to that point well the church has gotten so big and they have people that have so much money that are givers that they essentially have to make those people happen um happy and they there's this this kind of 
key, this balance and you can see the, the the family, particularly Bishop and the first lady trying to balance out this. Let's, you know, stay true to what we believe or stay on 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 in line with our value system, if you will. But let's also make sure we consider how to make our biggest givers happy because ultimately we have a church this size. And how does it look if we lose this church? How does it look if we don't have as many members? And I think that without directly state stating it, it kind of, you know, kind of calls out the business of church, if you will. It kind of act, it kind of poses the question, at least for myself, I thought about like, whoa, if a church becomes a mega church, is it supposed to be a mega church for forever? You know, if there's are there seasons that, you know, people can can come to the church and, and flock to the church and feel like they're getting something from it. But maybe the church, you know, is not adapting so fast or not adapting to culture or is there are a lot of things that are happening in culture that are counter cultural to the church and to what the beliefs of the church is. Is the church going to bend and move to appease people or are they going to remain the same and risk not being a mega church anymore and being a smaller church and maybe having a smaller congregation? And the first family, if you will, has to go from being in this plantation, massive size estate to being in a five bedroom home and just have to deal with that. Like, is that a dynamic that? you know, as Christian leaders, you should be prepared for it. To me, that's like, wow, that's interesting. I never, you know, you don't, we think, I know, I won't say we, but I'll say for me, you just think like, oh, you know, it's a mega church. You just expect it to always be there. But I feel like the show in a way just kind of pulls that out and makes you think about it without it being so direct. Um, and yeah, especially that it's built around a personality. Because yeah. even when Bishop was left, Bishop Greenleaf left, it kind of, uh, attendance dwindled and it's kind of like you accumulate as a large organization you accumulate the debt of an organization so you're kind of at the mercy of the people exactly. and if they don't like you or if they're mad they go on somewhere else but if you've accumulated you know the more people you get the bigger builders you feel like you have to build to accommodate them but what if something happens to you you know he can't even say that he's sick right right you know, he has to like try to keep that up and, and keep that 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 facade, if you will, or keep that position shown as safe. And I think that even that speaks to how fickle people can be and how people can say that they stand in a certain way. But it's you're really there more so for the individual and not really for you know, the church as a whole or as a collective or the group of people that's behind it, the other pastors on staff. Um if he's not there, if he does say that, hey, I'm sick, people start to say, well, wait, maybe he's going to he's going to not be here. And so then you see them mention all the time the reason that they don't want a church to be built across the road is because it threatens their membership. You know what I'm saying? It, and, and it becomes more of a business. And I think that it, it, it the show really does a good job at pointing that out and and kind of making you think about that or make that be a part of the conversation that you don't normally have. You wouldn't normally think about that. Um, and I would normally think about it in a show that was about the church. Like, again, I was definitely not a person that was interested. I think you mentioned to me, I saw a couple of people like post about it on social media and I was just like, yeah, I'm not interested in watching it because I, I am a person that I like 
I like storytelling, but I like good storytelling. And I like when characters are fully realized. I hate one dimensional characters. Um, I struggle, honestly, with watching a lot of things that show characters. And I've always been like this as since I was a kid, but I didn't really understand what it was. But I actually have a lot more like of a realization of what it was. But I really don't like characters that are just perfect. To me, that's stupid or characters that are just bad. That's stupid. Like that's there's nobody. You want to see the complexity. Yeah, because it's like they could be human. They can be human. Yeah, because I don't think anybody is like that. You know what I'm saying? I don't think there's one person that is just all just, oh, my gosh, I'm so great. Unless it's like a cartoon character. But other than that, you're like not perfect. And that's just that's just the way of life. So. I thought that that's what this show was going to be. I just I just really assumed that the bishop was probably going to have like a scandal, like he was like cheating on his wife or something. Or, you know, maybe he was going to be the person that was going to be secretly homosexual. Um, And then like the the first lady was just going to be this angelic woman that just does so much nice stuff. But I really feel like the writers turned that on its head and was like, yeah, no, we're not going to do any of that um and we're going to talk about some things we're going to talk about things directly and then we're going to talk about some things subtly and just make you kind of make that be a part of the thought process of you thinking through the show which is another reason that i'm glad that we're talking about the show because i feel like it's important if you're a viewer and like you know I realize that this everybody may not be able to relate to uh, this conversation if you don't watch the show. If you don't watch the show, I definitely think you should give it a chance. Um, Even if you're not somebody that is a Christian, I do believe that the show in itself, it, it speaks to a lot of universal themes. Like we talked about, you know, the family dynamics and things like that. But it actually just causes you to have a conversation and to really see how human somebody in such a powerful and influential position just how human they are and we don't see that quite often and i don't think we see that in a space where it's safe for that person to be human you know what i mean and you can see how the, the bishop will make a decision and it's a selfish position and it's a position that is not good but you can also see how in his mind he believes that goodness comes out of this so he makes the decision you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it's like wow i really get to see a real person like not this yeah. demigod but a real person cuz in one moment he's like you kind of like dude you kind of shady and then the next moment you will see his love and compassion towards his members, right. towards his family. And it's just like, who are you? But at the same time, at the same breath, when you, when I examine my life, I can say, oh, well, dang. Like you see the layers of personality sometimes to, pers- to people through yourself, through looking at, through looking at people on the screen. Sometimes you see yourself. Right. What's also another one of the things that's like a subtle thing that I feel like the show brings out. And you mentioned it kind of in talking about uh, the relationship between Charity and is it Kevin? Mm-hmm. I, forgive me, guys. I don't remember a lot of their names. Um, I think it's because I binged watched the first season for the most part and maybe like only saw the last two episodes like in the weeks that they came i didn't have enough time to really sit with the characters over an extended period of time to know everybody's name so i know their faces and i know grace greenleaf because she was my favorite uh, <laughs> but i kind of the names come and go so forgive me but 
the, you mentioned the relationship between um, Kevin and Charity. And I think it, the show, again, really brings out something that's really important. And I feel like they were very intentional in the way that they did it. So before before Charity knew about her husband's um, sexuality or sexual feelings about his sexuality or attraction to men or whatever, um, she was an advocate for the LGBT community. Like she was, she, the, the previous uh, choir director, I believe it was, um, was homosexual. He ended up leaving and then she wanted to hire a new homosexual um, choir director. She says that like, you know, she's fully aware of it. She has this speech in this conversation with him about, you know, I don't really care. Like, what does that have to do with your ability to to serve God? Yada, yada, yada. And so she seemed to be very, like, comfortable and okay with somebody being gay or somebody being, I don't even want to say bi because maybe she didn't, she didn't, she didn't agree to that. And I guess being okay with one doesn't automatically make you okay with the other, but it does in such a way she seemed more of like i'm an ally and i'm a person that don't have a that that i don't really take issue with this at all like it's not even it's not even an afterthought it's not a thought at all but when her husband came to her you know being truthful being honest and that saying like i've never had you know any physical interaction with a man i just feel myself being attracted to men but i'm still attracted to you and i still love you and i still want to be with you you see how she is not able to handle that you see how their relationship breaks down and she's no longer attracted to him and he hasn't it's not like she caught him in something or you know she found something or discovered something like he brought it to her and she was incapable of dealing with it um and she is incapable of dealing with it and then she literally has kind of in my opinion, robbed him of a shot at the relationship because she can't see herself being with someone that is bisexual or that has an attraction to men because she has like this one view of what being homosexual is. And so she's unable to deal with that and she's unable to care for that. But I feel like the show was very intentional of showing her kind of present herself as an ally and kind of stand up for, you know, why this person should, why the choir director should be there and he should be respected and he should be allowed to, you know, bring his partner to church and openly love on and care his partner. And then, kind of t- turn to her husband and just kind of like take a step back from him. He's like, yeah, I ain't going to be able to deal with it. Essentially treating her husband in the way that everybody else treated the choir director. And again, that's not, that's not something that is explicitly stated, but I feel like if you're walking through it and you're thinking through it, it's like, huh, that's interesting. Really interesting how they wrote this really interesting how we got to this place and, and and it's not something that they're kind of, you know, forcing down your throat, but it's just an opportunity for you to think about it and to have these types of conversations and to think about, like, where you fall in that situation and where you think you would see yourself in that place. Yeah. And I think Charity, like you said, she only has one one category for for uh, for homosexuality. So it's all lumped together. So it's like she can't see him being attracted to both you know in her mind it's like one or the other and so he's trying to say i still want to be with you and she's like no it's impossible that's not how this works you know what i'm saying in her mind she can't reconcile so i don't think it doesn't make her ally of the lgbtq 
cute community. It's just that she's very short sighted in her view of them. Yeah, true. Definitely true. And I, 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 I can agree that she doesn't, I don't think it, I don't, I don't think that it takes away from her being quote unquote an ally, but one would think that if you really don't have an issue per se with this community, then, you know, being married to somebody that's in the community and still wants you, you should be able to understand how that would work um or should work but then like i said that that's one of those things of like i guess if you're accepting or understanding to one portion or one member or one group within the community then you that doesn't necessarily mean that you understand everything and everybody in the community so um but yeah that's again that's another one of those things to me that is it's it's one of it's it's a subtle thing that you can get from the show and maybe it's not subtle but it's not as direct like that Mm -hmm. type of thought process or or making a connection of what's going on in the show and the backstory like that's not something that's very in the forefront in your face but as you're watching it it makes you start to think about you know what does this person think about what is this how does this person really feel and how does that character relate to real people that we experience in life um (laughs) you mentioned knowing somebody like uh lady may and what's interesting <laughs> though is I think that at some point in time, to some degree, we all probably Do we know see somebody any good like in that. Lady May? I'm trying to figure out it's layers to everybody. Yes. But I feel like where is it? I feel like For Lady, Jacob. Yeah, I was just gonna say, I feel like Lady May's her good is skewed and is I guess her good is probably like dark, but I feel like her life has been dark. And so she responds in such a way that she's trying to protect the image and keep everything up is. And that's because her life has been about image. Her life has been about her trying to keep it together or trying to have it together and trying to present this picture of perfection. And I feel like one of the things that, you know, again, we get from her character without saying is like the damage that, appearances and keeping up with facades and the optics of things can do to a person internally because you see this person who's obviously been scarred by being sexually abused when she was a kid um and how that has impacted her children but seeing the links and the the depths that she goes through to try to protect the image of a a united front um the image of being a good wholesome and upstanding christian woman and a god fearing woman and we see what that does to her as a person and how she kind of really spews spews like badness and (laughs) just just some really really conniving stuff that she does but it's coming from a place of she's trying to protect this this image and that's where it's coming from. And so for me, I guess the good in her comes from Jacob. But again, as I, I, I mentioned this to you earlier, that I think that her sole purpose for thinking that Jacob is or standing up for Jacob is because she believes that image wise, she should be 
her, her son should be the next in line. It is the man that is going to carry on the the family name. It is the man that is going to continue to preach the word of God and to be the next leader in the church because I had a son and I want my son to be just as great as his dad and continue on that legacy. And I want my daughters to be, you know, submissive women and to be, you know, kind of the the just the 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 helper of their husbands and i feel like that's one of the biggest that's the biggest you know clash that she has with grace is i feel like grace's life has just kind of been like because her she is a daddy's girl because her dad loves her and favors her so much she's kind of like forget that i ain't gotta be that i have a voice i have an opinion i'm not gonna just sit by idly and wait for somebody to rescue me i'm gonna rescue myself like screw that i'll be the leader and it's and she's lady may is kind of like well you're messing up the image though like there's a certain image that we got to keep up and you really challenge that for me and i don't like it yeah and i feel like i just for me that complexion with lady may is what i still cannot grapple with her the relationship between her and grace still bothers me like that bothers me to my core only because i feel like this girl has just been trying to show the truth you know what I'm saying? And the truth, I guess, like you're saying, the truth uproots everything she's has in optics. But still, it's like your daughter, though. I just don't understand. Like, you put your daughter through this kind of suffering, and you would rather conceal it than to deal with it, even if it's going to heal the person you birthed. Yeah, having, to me, having... Having somebody like a lady maid in my life and in my family personally um, and knowing how for some people, you know, optics are what's most important and also seeing the, the levels of which a person can hurt, you know, their family, even including their child, including their daughter for the sake of trying to maintain a certain image or trying to maintain a certain position and to be revered by people as this person, whether you're that person or not. I have, I know people like that. And I was, you know, um, I have members of my family that are like that and not to call anybody out, but to me, it, it seems like, yeah, I'm like, Oh yeah. And I've seen like the stuff that she's done to grace to me is like nothing in comparison to things that I know that, that people do. And I think that's what makes me understand a lot more of like lady man. It's like her real issue is with herself. Her real issue is not really with grace. Um, it's not with Bishop. It's not with Jacob. It's not with anybody. Her true issue is with herself, but she's so lost in trying to keep up the, the appearance because the appearance to her is what's gotten her to where she was. Yeah, that's people, true. Yeah, people looking at her in a certain way and her being able to maintain um, a certain s- status in life or be in a certain environment. If you compare it to her sister, who's a nightclub uh, owner um, or was a nightclub owner, and it's like she has taken the higher road and to her the higher road has led to her being lady may being lady may greenleaf being you know having this huge home and this this great church yes like that's what's led her to being that so she has to protect that at all costs because that is the good that has come out of her life 
to her and you know of course it's arguable and it's debatable of where whether it's good but it's like grace just is kind of a she stands to threaten it and so it's not it's almost like it's not personal but i have to protect what i know and what i know is that this is what's got me to where i'm at and so this is what i gotta hang on to yeah well that makes sense but it's just still like it's jacked girl up. yeah <laughs> like but the length she's willing to go through to protect that to to see i realized how damaged she was when she went and let her dad kiss her on the lip yeah and even that like that shows to me when i saw that i was like that's why she is unable to feel sorry about you know or even hold her brother accountable for touching on her daughter and even understand why her daughter is going so fiercely behind her brother is because she's experienced that herself and she's like i got over it i let it go i put it in the past i dropped it why can't you drop it why are you trying to he's a man that's what men do like and 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 i think again that that the writers wrote it in such a way that is very it's very real in some ways and very true in some ways to life uh I've talked. I've had conversations with a number of friends about the the culture of uh, rape and molestation in the older generation, and how for so many people that was a norm in their family. And to know that you know you could have an uncle that might touch you, or you might have you know some male in your family, and sometimes um, women in your family that will that may touch on you and so it's your job to make sure that you stay from around that person it's your job to make sure that you don't provoke them or you don't entice them and those things are really true to you know a lot of people's experiences and i feel like that's what lady may she kind of comes from that same mindset that same like mentality of people which is you know what this happened but that's because you know, maybe I wasn't wearing the appropriate thing or I should have not allowed them to do this. And so it's kind of like, well, look at me. I've overcome. I'm Lady May and I went through this. So you can do it too. like, let it go. Move on. If you just move on, it'll go away. And of course, obviously, we know that that's not the case, but that's what that's what that's what her mindset is. Yeah. And that's so unfortunate. It's like, come on now, girl. I think she's for me, her character is the most interesting and complex yeah but i think you know what else i think is a subtle hint a subtle message that we didn't touch on yet was grace and even bishop being a they seem to just be functioning in the mode of church's work without necessarily a deep belief in what they're preaching yeah absolutely. because um, grace uh daughter says it seems to me that a preacher that doesn't believe in the power of prayer might need some which I thought was a very profound point when she made that statement um, in a recent episode. But it's like Grace is functioning and wants to be there, but doesn't believe. But it's not that she wants to be there just because of Matt, though. It's like she actually wants to be a part of the family business. Right. But doesn't believe fully in the power of of God. Yeah. And I think her, her disbelief, though, comes from a place of being hurt. And also a place of being silenced um i think that 
the reason that I I personally really like Grace's character um, is because I feel like I understand what she said. I remember like when I watched the show um, and I heard people talk about you know her being like this atheist, and I remember watching the show and her point, the points that she made um, about believing in people's ability to try and saying that she felt like she um she basically she she felt that she's in the place where she's at with believing the bible and believing in god and believing in religion and faith and all that stuff and she was like i believe in people's ability to try and it's funny because i heard so many people and i saw so many people talk about that being a bad thing but when i watched it i was like i agree with her like i get what she's saying like and maybe it's because of where i was um at that point but it was like i get what she's saying like i don't think that she's bad at all i don't even think that her believing that or saying that she believes that is bad honestly i feel like if we all believed in or tried to understand how everybody is just trying their best to be the best that they can be and stop saying that oh well this person is the devil because they don't believe in they don't believe in god or oh this person is just the devil because they walked away from christianity or oh it's like well let's try to figure out why let's try to figure out what got people to that place if i feel like if we tried to do that more we have a lot more success stories a lot of people a lot a lot of more people would want to believe um in christ or believe in something if somebody just gave them a space to express how they feel and figure out how we're getting there so again she's that's grace is really like my favorite character because i feel like she has a a deep faith in God um but i feel like she knows how to express that faith in the way that she's always been given which she disagrees with that and i think but because she disagrees with that because she disagrees with you know the way that church is done and her, the, the way that her church is done, her family's church is done, the way that, you know, people can sin and do things. And as long as it's like not out in like a public scandal and it's just kept quiet, that people can go on to continue to believe that this that person, person is a saved per se or is a good saint upstanding person. That's what she's frustrated with. And it's to me, it's not so much of her not believing. It's more so about. I truly believe because that's why I'm here. That's why I show up every day is because I believe I just really only know how to express that in the way that I've been given. And I'm tired. Of, that's what I don't believe in. I don't believe in being locked down and bound to these these things, because obviously none of you guys live this way, live by these things yourself. There's so much corruption and trifling things that happen in here that. For the life of me, why can't you realize that we got to do something new? The fact that I'm only allowed to believe in this very rigid way, but that rigid way is full of like jacked up corrupt people. That should be a problem for everybody. I think that's what it that's what it is for me when it comes to Grace. Yeah, I think her character is very honest and it's the most authentic, I think, out of all the characters. Yeah, consistently. Um, She brings that authenticity. So y'all tell us what y'all like about Greenleaf. Have y'all seen the show? Do y'all like it? What do y'all like in this like? What are the the subtle themes that you see throughout the show? Um, hashtag ChatBC. We would love to interact with you on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, and we'll be back for our toast or roast. <laughs>
All right, we're back with our toast of roast. Today, my toast is Mary J. Blige. I said Blige. <laughs> my name. That's is Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige. It is her new songs, "You Plus Me," "Love Lesson," and "Think of It." Every time I hear it, I say, "Dang, you can do." Um, <laughs> I don't understand how you messed that up, but you know, Mary, I felt like we was happy, no more drama. And then this, but you know, one of my friends said, I like Broken Mary. I said, dang, that's jacked up. But she really do produce some good music, Broken. She produces her best music when, yeah, she's going I through. Feel, I enjoy it, but I feel bad for her because she's going through. Right. So it's like a two thing. So salute to you, Mary, for still doing it, still persevering, still saying I'm going to make great music. You're going on tour. I don't know if I can see you live. I prefer studio with you. But, um. Yeah, salute to you, and I, I wish you much success on your new album. The new, the two songs I've heard, think of it, and you plus me, love lesson are great. They're on replay. They put me in my feelings. Sometimes I have to put some happy music on after the fact. But, yeah. <laughs> well, shout out to Mary J. Blige. Um, I don't really have a toast or a roast, and I feel really bad because. I don't know if just just this week there's nothing that I feel really like compelled or something that really stood out. Um, Less, I don't want to because you just toasted Mary J. Blige. I did watch her Breakfast Club interview and I thought that she did a really good job. um, Just kind of explaining her position and and without she did it in a way where she wasn't like being extremely petty when it came to Kendu. And I just respect that because as the person that is more in the public eye that I guess more of us care about, it would be very entertaining to watch her like drag him. But I think it, it speaks to how much she loves him um, or she loved him and was in love with him. And I'm sure she still loves him that even in the midst of, everything that he's doing all of the things that are coming out you know all of the things that he's there in this battle for she still doesn't like take cheap shots at him and take low blows and she's just like you know at the end of the day he he was in love with somebody else he wanted to be with somebody else he didn't he stopped respecting me he started making me feel that I was less than. So with all of these things that he did to her, she still was just kind of like, you know what? Like, I'm not, I'm not finna get, get, you know, I'm not finna go low and like bust cheap shots at you. Like it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll tell the truth about how I feel like this is wrong and this shouldn't be, but I'm also not finna just get like super petty and get into that. So I don't know, maybe I'll piggyback off of you and make Mary J. Blige my, my, yeah, my toast for this week. So we'll toast as a show, as brunch culture, we will toast to Mary J. Blige. Um, Lisa, for the music that is making her, you know, getting her feelings and feel empowered. Um, but also for, I'm toasting Mary for, for just, taking the high road but still being real about it still being authentic about it not being one of those people that's like you know i'm not gonna say nothing she's like you know i'll talk about it but it it shows how much she really loved him and and that she really was trying to make it work because it's like you know what i could trash your name but i ain't even gonna do that bro because what is it gonna do for me it's not worth it so shout out to you mary toast to you yes so shout out to mary j Blige. we love you and i'm praying for you as you heal 
it's not. Did you laugh? I was like, that seems so. I don't fake. know why. That seems oh so my fake. god! What like, did I do? And that? I'm praying for you as you heal. <laughs> what? Yeah, that was. Why not, did I do that? That's so really bad on so many levels. I don't oh think my you really god! Praying for Mary. She ain't real, Mary. Don't. She's not a real friend. <laughs> so we're gonna leave you with this week's uh, good vibe. This week's good vibe is peak good vibe is people may not realize the damage that they are doing by placing the blame on the victim, but that doesn't lessen the damage that they cause by doing it. And that is by Darlene Oymet. Oymet. Uh, And this, this week's good vibe is in honor of this being assault victim month awareness month. Did I say that correctly? Yeah. Um, yeah, Assault Awareness Month. Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Sexual Assault Awareness Month. I'm so sorry. So this month is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Um, I didn't realize that, and I do apologize. Uh, but watching Underground, they've had a couple shows that have uh, spoken directly to sexual assault. So I should have known it, but I didn't know it. So this week's good vibes in honor of that if you know anyone that is being sexually assaulted or if you yourself has been sexually assaulted even if it was years ago even if it happened when you were a kid do yourself a favor and you know seek help if you're in it now and if you're not in it and you've never really talked about it or if you talked about it continue to talk about it find somebody to talk about it if you've never talked about it it is life changing. It's life altering. It's extremely, extremely necessary for you to get to your next level. You'll never know how much you are hindering, holding yourself back from and stopping yourself from doing and just overall afraid to grow and to move in a certain area because this thing may subconsciously be holding you down. So um, there's support out there. Know that we here at Brunch Culture love you. And if you want to write to us, you can feel free to to reach out to us. We may not have all the answers, but we'll do our best to try to point you in the right directions or to, you know, find some resources that can help you. Um, thank you so much again for listening to Brunch Culture. As we always say, uh, we love you guys. We love coming every week with some great conversation. We're, we're actively always looking for ways to just engage with our audience more um, and to talk about things that are relevant to you. So if you have any ideas or you have any things that you want to talk about, hit us up. Use the hashtag ChatBC. You can hit us up on Twitter at Brunch Culture and on Instagram at Brunch underscore culture. You can also check out our website, which is www.brunchculturebc.com. Um, we love you guys. We really thank you. We are going on it's crazy in a couple months. We'll be here for three years, which is insane we've seen we've had some great moments here at brunch culture but we want to keep the momentum going so if you like the show listen to the show please subscribe to us on itunes write uh, write us write us a review and rate us give us a rating we love five star ratings give us any rating that you want to but five stars are the best um we will definitely try to shout you out here on the show and remember here at brunch culture and always everything is up for discussion